Yeah, man. <laughs> Let's kill that bass head. Let's do this. I'm on the air, we on the air, we got this pockets flow. It's me and Tony on the mics, we gotta let you know. Of current events, little gaming, sprinkling some entertainment. We stay humble, but our mom still thinks we're famous. Turn up the bass and baby, maybe let that magic flow. Our spoken word is all the things you really wanna know. Having a good time on the show, T Bows and Maddie G. Tune in and hit subscribe and join us on the FAP. Welcome, everybody, to the Freaking Awesome Podcast. I am your host, Anthony Rose, and uh, here's my uh, co-hostess with the mostest, Maddie G. Hey, hey. How you doing, buddy? Always always looking good on that <laughs> camera. <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah, it's great you... lighting, and uh, I was blessed with uh, my father's English skin, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I, I unfortunately got the Irish side of my family, so uh, I just always look pasty white at all <laughs> times. albino in a snowstorm. It, it, yeah, right? And uh, <laughs> my my only thing is, of course, if I do try to tan it, I just crisp up and look like a lobster. So there, there's no happy in between. Uh, the, the moment Man, that that burn fades, lobster. it goes white to white. <laughs> so Hey, I had a really bad lobster this summer, actually. And then uh, it's funny, I'm still tanned from it, though. Yeah. Like, because it turned into a tan. Yeah, you you so. really hold on to that glow for a long period, so it's always uh, always always <laughs> Maybe very I'm pregnant. strange. Yeah, <laughs> you're always <laughs> glowing. <laughs> well, as uh, everybody can see up in our uh, other corner, and I'm always interested. There we go. Yep, we're pointing this way. We have uh, Suze Lanier Bramlett. How are you doing today, Suze? Oh, I'm cool. I'm great. As good as. As good as it can be in a pandemic. Yes, for sure. Uh, sure. But the, I think the best thing is uh, you uh, at this this point in life, uh, still, we're not at the point where you have to relive uh, the hills have eyes. Uh, people haven't gotten too crazy or or backwater yet. <laughs> I don't know. The hills have eyes keeps coming back to to visit me every single day. I was watching It's Creek last night and uh, Cap Catherine O'Hara is doing um what is it? The crows have eyes. You know, it's a takeoff on on the hills have eyes. So yep. it, it's even on Schitt's Creek, which is my favorite show. That's a great show. One of my favorite actresses. And so she's sort of uh, there. I, I just love that Schitt's Creek's doing a spoof on the hills have eyes. Yeah, that's that's really hilarious. And, you know, congratulations to everybody on uh, Schitt's Creek. They just took uh, um, an amazing amount of uh, awards and uh, they really, really deserve it. They put a lot of work in, in hard into that show. So in a, in a high yield Canadian cast, too. Yeah, yeah. A lot of, exactly. a lot of Canadians. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's, it's a great. It, it's so funny because I, I look back at uh, a lot of the older movies I remember growing up with. And, uh, you know, I'm a huge Eugene Levy fan. Uh, I, I mean, he he is back from when I say uh, comedy was actually pure and funny. It didn't seem forced or overscripted. It just seemed natural. And, um, yeah, I always find no matter what he does, no matter how small a part would be for him, he is always just golden. And, and I don't know what it is about him, uh, but uh, even when he could be in his most uncomfortable situation, he seems really, really funny. So, American Pie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. I don't think anything gets too much more uncomfortable that. But uh, actually, there was a movie yeah. he was in that uh, was called uh, Armed and Dangerous, uh, where he had to wear a pair of uh, assless chaps. Uh, which was really funny. Oh, it was, no, uh, I haven't it was, seen that. Yeah, it was him and uh, John Candy, and it is an absolutely phenomenal wow. film. So it's uh, it's really really funny. So if anybody gets a chance to watch that, that is 
That is it. Um, but before we continue with Halloween Faptober and speak more with Suze, how about we get into our uh, daily news, uh, Matty G? Yeah, absolutely. Let's kick it off. Um, this one's this one's racy, but uh, it's interesting. All right. So the title is Pornoland, Japanese producer opening sex-rated theme park. <laughs> I've never heard of this ever <laughs> happening. So... Uh, here's some more details. So, <laughs> okay, go on. A Japanese porn producer is opening a sex-rated adult theme park staffed with starlets. Uh, the COVID-19 be damned. Uh, Soft on Demand is slated to open October 10th. Yeah. So that's two days from now. As a multi-floor extravaganza of bars entertainment uh, in the Kubukicho Red Light District. And I did say that correctly because I researched it. Yep. <laughs> uh, district of Tokyo's uh, Shinjuku Ward next month. Um, so Soft On Demand Chieftain uh, Mr. Nomoto said that the establishment had been on a drawing board long before the onset of the pandemic. So I guess this is something that was going to happen anyways. Highly sought after, um, clearly. They, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> they just decided to go with it. Yeah. So... Um, Sodland features four floors and a basement, and each features a different theme. So in the basement, they have newly minted porn starlets um, and staff in the place. Um, industry vets will serve drinks on the third floor, and it's described as the dream space. On the second floor, uh, men and women from the commercial sex industry are featured. The fourth floor is a silent bar where porn stars in clad bikinis um, Get gawked at through a one-way mirror. Man, people are weird. Um, (laughs) No, but nobody can speak. That's but nobody can speak. And then the first floor is a gift shop. (laughs) (laughs) Exact address. Yeah, we we need to. We need to. That's very interesting. That's got to be a little more research has to be done into that one. Uh, I feel like that's almost like. Uh, one of those things that if if it ever came up as a dare that we'd have to go and take some photos because this is this is right up there with meals on heels uh i which i also thought right? was <laughs> amazing since uh since the pandemic started um wow you know what it's, it's... Well, it was funny cuz i the rest of the article and and they were really like um they're really adamant to keep mentioning that customers will be wearing masks um they have their temperature taken and they have to practice social distancing and I was like, hmm, maybe on the third floor, they could ha- offer some really interesting ways to take your temperature. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, I admit it sounds like, uh, yeah, and, and that could be a, one of those places. I, I think, uh, now you had mentioned at one point in that article that uh, there is, there's no speaking. Is that only on a specific specific floor or is that? Specific floor. Okay, so that's not like through the whole club. You're like, no, 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 don't talk. Don't talk. <laughs> yeah, that's the second floor. You, okay. It's a two-way mirror yeah. and people perform and there's no talking. It's like dead silent floor. Is that technically yeah, labeled we as mine? This once it's been open for a while. <laughs> yeah, really? Uh, yeah, I don't know if it, that that may be for the the mime lovers out there. So <laughs> yeah, because nothing nothing screams erotica like a silent film. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's yeah. good. That's good. Um, what do you got for us, buddy? Okay, so uh, this one was a little bit more on the the cringing side, uh, but uh, it, it brought up a lot of questions to me. The uh, title is "Doctors Pull Four Foot Snake from a Woman's Throat After It Slithered In as She Slept." 
Ooh, um, so many questions. How? Yes, so many questions. <laughs> so, um, and and there's a video about this that you can you can actually uh, you can see. And I think the best part is the nurse's reaction when they actually realize what it was when they scoped her throat and they they pulled it out. So so what happened was uh, that there was a um, uh, a young lady who was sleeping in her garden. Uh, in the Dagestan in southern Russia, uh, feeling unwell, she she was rushed to the hospital where they she they put her to sleep, and then they uh, scoped her throat to try to figure out what it was. But they noticed there was a very large blockage, so they decided to um, you know put down one of those little grabbing things, and they they go to pull it out. So as they slowly pull it out, uh, another one of the medics reaches over to grab it and starts pulling it. But then when it gets to the point where the head pops out, the, she like screams and, and drops it down into a medical pan and like literally chucks this snake. Um, oh, it's it, still alive? Well, the snake was dead. But the funny thing through the whole article is it didn't say a single thing of how the patient was afterwards. Now, we can only assume that oh she God. was fine. But um, how do you fall asleep and a four foot snake gets into your throat without knowing uh, Dude, i mean if i was that girl i would have went afterwards and went ta-da <laughs> right <laughs> um all i could assume maybe is a bit of, maybe you have a little too much russian vodka uh, right know? yeah like i i don't think that's a normal sleeping habit if you can sleep through um something roughly the the length of an arm being put down your throat um, it's, it's very, very frightening. Uh, it definitely puts into question gag reflex. Uh, but, uh, it is, uh, I, I would imagine that is somewhat unheard of. So, uh, well, Tony, you would know from your weekends. <laughs> <laughs> Always a party. <laughs> um, yeah. Hey, look, uh, Suze, it wasn't uh, just you wondering what the address was. <laughs> 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 so yeah great mike we'll uh yeah there's great minds think alike we'll have to uh we'll definitely have to uh post that up as a as a follow-up episode <laughs> all right maddie what else you got uh we we were just doing one so you, that's, okay that's just wanted to make sure you happen. sometimes you have a spare that you want to 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 slither in there no no, no, no pun no, intended no spare today i yeah. wanted to make sure I was going to be a little tardy. I wanted to make sure we were doing everything else on time. Well, that's good because uh, that gives us a lot more time uh, to ask Sue's questions uh, about her amazing career. Um, and and we were doing a little chatting uh, pre-show that uh, I I unfortunately I don't think you have ever been able to, uh, to to enjoy the joy of the show because you're you're a millennial. Uh, but had you ever seen the show with Three's Company? Me? It, yeah. Yeah, actually, like like. Not the whole series, but okay. I, I caught episodes here and there you, for sure. You knew yeah. some of it. Okay, excellent. So, uh, of course, a very, very uh, funny uh, comedy back in, I would imagine, that was probably the early 80s, was it not, uh, with uh, John Ritter? 1977. Uh, oh, okay. Perfect. So so it was a little yeah. bit later then. Maybe 19, it might have been 1976. Okay. Yeah, I okay. think it's 19. 19- 76. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, I just, uh, I remember that uh, they had, uh, I think, Don Knotts was originally the uh, the landlord in it, and uh, super super loved him because, of course, I loved him from Andy Mayberry, and uh, he was. Uh, uh, I'm trying to the think what first, it was. Uh, the first landlord was not Don Knotts. No. Uh, oh the, no, because it was the it was the man and his wife. Audrey, 
Audra Lindley. Yes. Uh, played Miss Whatever. Hooper. Uh, I think. Yeah. And then, uh, um, and then Norman, I, I can't remember his last name, but anyway, he played her husband. Yes. So Don Knotts came in later. Okay. Excellent. I think and even Suzanne left. Maybe. Yeah. He was, uh, he was, uh, quite a, a fantastic character, but, um, of course, Suze was originally cast as, uh, Chrissy Snow. And, um, that was, we were kind of talking about how this is, uh, one of the Hollywood stories that uh, doesn't work out in the end, but it was actually quite exciting. Cause I, I truly feel like you would have possibly been the better person for the job. Um, Thanks. But uh, maybe maybe um, uh, you'd like to tell us a little about uh, how that audition went. Yeah. I had just finished shooting retakes of The Hills Have Eyes in Victorville out in the desert. Okay. And I had not been home in about two weeks. And I was in the supermarket. And back then, they didn't have cell phones. So I was grocery shopping. And the manager of, like, Ralph's, I, I can't it was called the Market Basket in Studio City. Mm-hmm. And the manager goes, Susan Lanier, please come to the office. It was my agent. And he said, get over to ABC. They've uh, let go of this girl for a new series called Three's Company. It's the second time they have filmed this show. And uh, they want you to to audition for the role of Chrissy. And I said, well, I can't go right now. I mean, I have sand in my hair. I don't have any makeup on. I look awful. They'll give you a shower, put on your makeup, do your hair, and give you cue cards to look at for the audition. Wow. So that's what happened. I, I raced over to ABC on Prospect, and uh, they gave me a shower, <laughs> did my makeup, and and put on, did my hair, and I'm watching the cue cards because that, that we had John Ritter and Joyce DeWitt. We shot that night mm-hmm. uh, the test, the screen test. Yep. Again, they did not have the internet to send it to New York to Freddie Silverman. So they private jetted it to New York because they were in the middle of rehearsal. I'd lost four or five days of rehearsal already. So they jetted the tape to New York. And then Freddie said yes. And so uh, then my agent negotiated a lot of money for that quick little study. And um, uh, and. so the, I kind of had them over a barrel because they they were stuck for 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 that role. Yeah. And so uh, I didn't. I mean, my agent did. Yeah. And so uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, we shot the pilot, and and um, I learned all those lines in just about two days. I think I had about two to three days rehearsal, and then we shot in front of a live audience. So it was oh, a really man. tough job. Yeah, oh, that's a crunch. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And, and uh, that's and right. I, you never know why something doesn't work out. I thought Suzanne was perfect for the role. Um, I um, enjoyed doing the role. And it's one of those Hollywood stories where you kind of wish it had happened. But then, you know, I got other things. Mm-hmm. And um, I had been doing a lot of really good theater, which I'd started off in. Okay. And so I got to go on to do some really good stuff. And so I didn't get to do that job. And, you know, that's Hollywood. You got to, man, you got to take the the rejection with the, uh, with the accolades. And yes. so sometimes you can, and sometimes you don't. Yeah. And, um, 
that, you know, it's one of those stories. Yeah. But, you know, in, in on the flip side of that, uh, you had just finished up, uh, as you said, reshooting with uh, a little bit of scenes for uh, Wes Craven and uh, The Hell's Eye of Eyes. And uh, I, I mean... To be able to work with John Ritter, of course, he was uh, quite a, a comedic genius in his time. Um, but let's let's be honest, Wes Craven uh, also breaking so many grounds and in creating such a, a shock in horror films for people. And uh, and it's it's interesting the original, having watched the original and then watched the um, the the new version. You know, the new version kind of went with that splatter kind of shocking fear, but. Um, the original had felt a little bit more like the 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 you know that that creeping up fear where you you just like oh my god what's going to yeah, happen next suspense. that that suspenseful fear and um and I often find with a lot of the newer movies uh that's that's what happens is when they work on the suspenseful fear it really plays well and then when you end up seeing whatever the monster or the creature is you're like oh that what a letdown <laughs> you know so um I saw. Emily DeRaven played a good Brenda, mm. but I, I just think you lose something when you try to remake something that's already there and, and has caught on. And, you know, uh, there are so many writers in Hollywood. I don't know why they have to keep making remakes of pieces of art. It's like, you know, the Hills of Ice was put into the Museum of Modern Art on permanent collection as one of the best tarot classics ever made. Mm -hmm. And so then they go and remake it. And and I thought it was fine. I was I was at the red carpet opening and everything, uh, and they, the paparazzi took pictures of Emily and I together, but uh, Emily and me together. But um, you know, it's like there's so many wonderful writers, and why they don't take a risk on new stuff? Because yeah. there's so many great ideas of new projects. They don't. It's like, oh, that's a Picasso. I think I'll repaint that and make it. Uh, you know, a uh, copy it, you know, you don't do that with fine art. And I yes. consider film sort of the same way. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I yep. agree. Yeah, I agree. it is true. And to be honest, there's very, I can't name very many um, or classic remakes that I like more than the original. No, no. I can't even think of one, actually. Yeah. I can't either. Yeah. So, so. you know, it, it's but doing a in Hollywood, they're going to, excuse me, in Hollywood, they're going to show The Hills Have Eyes October 23rd at a drive-in at the Anza, Anza Hotel on Sunset. And uh, I may or may not go, I don't know. But it, it, um, it so, you know, that because all the theaters are closed, you know, mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. drive-ins are, are, are popping up and you have to drive up the parking uh, garage of this tall building, this tall hotel, and then they're going to project the Hills Have Eyes on a big white wall, and everybody will be in their car listening to it on the radio. That's so, really cool. That's really cool. I, I think I, it's cool. Yeah, I, I, I would go. I think, yeah. Like, all the ones around here, like yeah. we lost our last one two years ago now, uh, I think. Was it? Uh, was last no, last, I, think it wasn't, I think it was last year. Oh, was it last year? Yeah, I think it was last year. They finally okay. closed it down. Yeah. And, they, uh, and there's like none. Yeah. Did they tear it down or was it still up? Uh, uh, the one here, they they turned into, apparently, it's it's now be, it's an auto wreckers now. Yeah. Which is, yeah. So I think they would have torn it all down. The is... investment we're making right now is to, is to start some drive-ins. Just, I can, I can only imagine because that family ran the that drive-in for what, almost 20 years. 
And uh, they were, I think it was just becoming to a point where they felt like, oh, no, it's a bit of a loss to try to do this now. And um, had they just been able to hold on for the other year and we got into the pandemic, like right. they were the only, they would have been turning hand over fist money. Uh, so it's un, it's That's unfortunate. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I, I would love to have a bunch of extra money to turn around and just create an old style uh, either a theater or a drive-in, uh, just just for the fun of it. There's something about the nostalgia of an old drive-in that I just love. So, uh, well, I'll tell you from I won't name names, but I know people who have worked in the drive-in industry, and if they don't sell a concession, there is no profit. Yeah, it is. There is almost zero profit in actually showing the films. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, it's all concession sales, and if you know what I mean? And, and, and it's also really hard to police because people will bring their own snacks. It's the drive-in. Yeah, you know, I guess doing it's that true. Three years. Yeah. So it's a really hard business um, to stay profitable. Yeah. So I get it, but, but man, were they fun to go to? Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, some of the other theaters like AMC and stuff, they make most of their money on concessions too. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and you'll see people sneak in their food in those venues as well. So um, it's a little harder because they're, you know, maybe because it has a sign not to do that. But yeah. people are do those it. Mike and Ike's in your pocket, yeah. or are you just happy to see me? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. So uh, you know, it, it's it's very unfortunate because uh, you know it's 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 one of those moments that yes, it does hurt the industry. Um, and uh, you, know, you know, you it. When they shut down and, and everybody says, oh, why didn't it happen? Then maybe you look at yourself for sh <laughs> smuggling in extra candy. I don't know. Uh, I always enjoyed. I think that's part of the experience for me is when you go to a drive-in or you go to a movie theater is picking up the the concession stand stuff. I don't know. But, uh, you know. Well, we have a theater here called the Sinopolis that I go with, with my friends. And, you know, they have they have everybody has a waiter so the waiter comes over and takes your order and they'll bring martinis and you know steak and i mean you actually have dinner and our sliders these great sliders so they they have a kitchen mm -hmm. and then um and then a bar in front so it's it, it you know before the pandemic it was very very popular because it's kind of a hangout you know you can go to the movie or just hang out in the bar yeah which uh you know i like to do both but <laughs> You it's know, true. It's true. Uh, yeah. Kinda, yeah. But, you know, the Regal Theaters just closed um, last a couple of days ago. I guess they're saying they might be reopening if this passes or when this passes. But um, a lot of the theaters have had to shut down. This has been awful, as well as filming. You know, filming is very slow right now. Yes, definitely. Definitely. Now, when you did the fil the, the Hill Have Eyes, um, and uh, I'm assuming that, of course, you were presented with a script for this. Did you end up reading through this? And like, did you have any concerns with it at first? Or because it was kind of like a, you know, a bit of a, a touchy subject in, in, in the way that, you know, here you've got a, a bunch of murderous kind of hillbillies that may or may not have come from the uh, you know, incestuous side of life or something. And, um, and, and it was such a kind of a, a creepy telling things like uh, there's, you know, you've got your killings and rapes and everything that's, uh, that's been known to, to happen for this film. And, and uh, as a, uh, a female star coming into this and you're reading this script, there, there was obviously something super captivating for you on that. And uh, I was curious. So what, what were your thoughts on it? Well, 
personally, I've always loved horror movies. So, you know, Vincent Price and The Pit and the Pendulum and all the old classics. Mm -hmm. When I was a kid, I'd love to go to them. But I had had, when I was presented the opportunity to do it and the script, um, I uh, had had already established a fairly lovely career on sitcoms. I'd done Alice and Phyllis play Bambi as John Travolta's girlfriend on Welcome Back, Cotter. Yep. And I had a huge, I'd done Barnaby Jones and Switch and Movies of the Week. So I really wanted to do a movie movie, which I had done when I was a kid in New York. I had uh, kind of uh, met, you know, I hung around Andy Warhol a little bit and done some real underground stuff in New York when I was barely... 18, maybe, maybe I was 18. I can't remember. But anyway, <laughs> I uh, moved to Hollywood and I did all the sitcom stuff. I just wanted to do a film. And when and I met with Wes Craven and Peter Locke, the producer, and I loved Wes. He was so sweet and he was so humble and um, offered me the part on the spot. It wasn't called The Hills of Eyes. It was called Blood Relations. Okay. And, uh, and, also, Suli, also aptly fit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and I think I was the one who said, are you going to keep this title? It's, it's, it really kind of cheapens it into, to a certain degree, you know, because it was not in vogue to do horror movies when I agreed to do the Hills have eyes and my agent had a fit. My agent did not want me to do it. Oh, wow. And, um, <laughs> And he said, no, you'll ruin your career. And maybe it did. I don't know. I, but uh, Johnny Depp. Yeah. <laughs> Who <laughs> yeah. is that guy? <laughs> yeah. But anyway, I just had, um, I, I just loved Wes. And I, and I thought, well, this is, it says starring Susan Lanier, which was the name I worked with under then. And uh, so I thought, yeah, I'm going to do it. And the more we got into it, the more I enjoyed the process and working with Wes. He was so cool to work with. Yeah, he what a what a fantastic person. And, uh, you know, we had um, we had Jan Birch on the other day, uh, who, of course, who also worked with them. And, uh, you know, it, it's just it's true that you just don't find um, writers slash, you know, directors like Wes anymore, uh, which is very, very unfortunate. Jan and I so. have Jan and I have the same manager. I oh, okay. I didn't know that. Staff. That's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I run it. It's so weird. The, the six degrees of separation. Yeah. Yes. With. Yes. He's so, he's so sweet. Yeah. I really like him. He, he was super fun. We really, really enjoyed having him on the show. Um, that's right. <laughs> so, uh, we were, we were joking about how the fact is when you try to look up the Stairmaster for images, uh, cause we like to put up a, a little image in the upper corner there and, uh, all I got, of course, was uh, sports equipment at first. So <laughs> I, was like, I don't so, want any part of that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> I actually had thought it maybe it'd be funny to put it up there just to see if there was uh, a little comical reference if people got it. But uh, it was a, it was safer just to go with his photograph from then. So, <laughs> um, Maddie, do you want to get into our uh, second part of our show with our uh, slightly average? Uh, what is it? Darn, I, I, you keep changing. I used to want to call it rapid fire questions. <laughs> our, our slightly slower. <laughs> than average you you change it yeah <laughs> it's a slightly slower than average rapid fire question okay yes uh, yes so uh are you we'll ready to kick it off all right yeah oh, i'm ready when you I'm are i'm gonna ask you a series of questions if you don't want to answer just say pass if you can't think of anything just say pass and uh, if your answers go a little longer well they are slightly than slower than average so. yes so yep. you want fast answers 
Hey, just, you can get fast, slow. It doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you've got something, if you've got something that just pops into your mind right away, we'll we'll go with it. <laughs> yeah, we right. often get tons yeah. of side stories. Yes, it's fantastic. Actually, some of the funniest stuff comes from a, a quick question. Rapid fire question. <laughs> I'm nervous. Yeah. <laughs> no, don't be, don't nope, be nope. Um, first question. What made up word would you register into the English language? Philopolis. Okay. okay. We'll take All it. Right. I haven't had that one. <laughs> Do you have a definition at all? What is this? Yeah. Uh, yeah. A mammal who flops around a lot. <laughs> I can't be a person. Okay, that just reminds me of a story. So we we decided family movie night last night. So we watched Hubie Halloween, the new Adam Sandler one on Netflix. Uh-huh. And uh, and his mom keeps wearing hilarious t-shirts throughout the movie. And one of them, the t-shirt said boner donor. And he's like, what's a boner donor? And she's like, oh, I think I think a boner is like when you make a mistake. Um, <laughs> and, and I don't make a lot of them. So I think it's ironic. Right, and so the whole the whole rest of the movie, they kept calling boners mistakes. And anyways, that. <laughs> that's really funny. Mean up words. Uh, okay, question question two. What is the scariest dream that you can remember? Oh, when I was about five, I dreamed about this horrible, evil clown following me and chasing me, and it was a recurring dream that uh, happened throughout my life. I haven't dreamed about the clown in a while. Because maybe there's a real one around. But anyway, uh, yeah. I like I, it. Scary clown that followed me. And I'd wake up crying and so fr- frightened. Yeah, I hate clowns. That's a good one. I hate them. Ugh. Me Ugh. too. I don't yeah. like them much either. Horrible creatures. Yeah. <laughs> what If you could pick a superpower, what would it be? Hmm. To read people's minds. I like it. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Both a blessing and a curse, I would say, though. Well, I want to know what people are thinking, you know. It's Hollywood, you know, there's a lot of, uh, you know, mixed messages. Yeah, it's a great, <laughs> a great thing. Honey, and... was, I great? was I great in bed tonight? No, no. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> it is a curse. <laughs> I, would, I would like to also fly. I would love to be able to fly. Yes, flight's always a good one. Yeah. What What's your earliest childhood memory? <sighs> I'm trying to think. Uh, my grandmother, I was on my grandmother's lap and she was reading a book to me. I think I was about three, two. And she was smoking a camel cigarette <laughs> and I was hanging out of her mouth. She was reading a book like this and holding me with this hand. And the rocking chair fell over and I got burned. Oh, uh, <laughs> I was about to say there's. Yeah. Oh, wow. What activity makes you the happiest? writing music very nice i'm a songwriter and i've I've had my uh coverage of my material and um so i i love the thing like if i'm feeling really stressed i just go to the piano and um 
And even if I just put my hands on the keys, I can instantly feel the tension leave my body. And I love to write music. Well, that's amazing. What is your preferred genre? If I had to pick the rap, no. <laughs> <laughs> if I had to pick one genre of everything that I do, yep. it would be music. Cool. Okay. Yeah. But I'm writing a book right now. And oh. it's a lot of fun and it's real dark. So oh, yeah. Excellent. Well, we have to make sure you, you tell uh, us a little more. Nonfiction. Yeah. Yeah. So I just I'm a kind of a novice a newbie with, for writing, but with with the pandemic, I've been working on this book before the pandemic, and it's given me time to really focus on trying to get it finished. So my goal is to have it finished by December. Uh, but I love writing. But music, if it, really, if I had to pick one thing that I do, and, you know, you never know what's going to happen with a new book. I mean, if I'm any good or not, but, you yep. know, we'll see. Yeah. Pretty dark. It's very juicy. I'll put it that way. Cool. Okay. Well, now that you've said it, um, we're going to send you this uh, episode in December, and you'll be like, ah, oh, shit, I committed to, to December, didn't I? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Yeah. I totally have a deadline, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's, awesome. that's excellent yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um what uh oh what foreign language would you most like to learn well okay this is the truth i got it i i downloaded duolingo okay during, yeah during pandemic. awesome and i'm on uh i think the emerald level of french oh and nice. my dad was a linguist my dad spoke fluent russian german italian english and I think I'm anyway, there were five German, wow. Italian, Russian, Italian, and English. And so he spoke French a lot. So I would really love to be fluent in French. Not that um, I have any plans to go there. I don't, but I, you know, you never know. The language I love language. that language. It's I, to me, that's the prettiest language. Well, up here in Canada, they love when you're bilingual. So uh, if you know French, uh, you definitely have no problem getting jobs up here. You know what? I can read it really well. I'm, I'm really good at reading it. I think because I don't have a French person around to really exchange conversation, mm -hmm. but I'm not quite ready for that, but I'm going to hire somebody or find somebody, you know, when I get where I feel really confident about having a real conversation. Yeah. But I, I've been watching Emily Paris and I can kind of pick up um, on Netflix and I can kind of pick up, you know, some of the dialogue. Now I've gotten pretty, you know, I do it every day, just about for about five, 10 minutes. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. That's excellent. Yeah. that's excellent. Yeah, it yeah. is. I've actually used it myself to, to brush up a little bit on French. Yeah, we are not uh, sponsored not, by Duolingo. Good, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but but <laughs> it would be wonderful Duolingo if you're there. Wink, wink. Yeah, maybe, maybe, <laughs> yeah. maybe, maybe it's time. Duolingo. Yep. Yep. Duolingo. <laughs> yep. Right. And endorsed by Suze Langer yeah. Bramlett. <laughs> What, yeah. uh, if you could relive a decade, which would you choose? For sure, the 70s. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. 60s, the 60s, I was young and I hadn't learned life's lessons yet, you know. But the 70s, ain't nothing like it, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Way better drugs. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> Party time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> about it actually <laughs> <laughs> that's sweet yeah uh, what's uh what's the first movie that ever made you cry 
Hmm, Splendor in the Grass, I think. No, um, 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 wait a minute. Dumbo. Dumbo ah. was the first movie. And Bambi. And Bambi. Bambi yeah. we get. Dumbo's yeah. the first time, but I definitely yeah. get Dumbo too. Yeah, and, and Lassie. Lassie's Dumbo. always popular. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we do get Lassie. Lassie, yeah. but really Dumbo was Dumbo. the first movie that made me cry. Yeah. And, and elephants have always been my favorite animal except my dog um since i saw dumbo yeah Be, meanwhile your dog's looking at you just turns me, in disgust <laughs> yeah yeah marley and me, <laughs> that's a tough one yeah yeah every i can't even watch it anymore i just yeah. i don't know what it is about that movie it just makes me cry like a schoolgirl. well they're so yeah. intelligent and then you know people go around shooting them are you kidding me yeah you know and yeah. so who, who are we to do yeah. that you know? and, and if you ever want to see the most adorable thing in the world, watch a baby elephant play. Like, just look it up on videos. It is so amazing. Yeah. I mean, how can you shoot one? I, I don't even understand how anybody could do that. Yeah. So I was in Washington uh, on a trip, and we were uh, out having some some beers and uh, some, some some good drinks, and they actually somebody opened up the Washington zoo for us and after hours and we went and we got to drink beers and hang out with the elephants and feed them peanuts. And it was probably one of the best nights of my life. Oh, so wow. it was really, really cool. And, uh, yeah. And, and nobody was a dumbass. No one tried to feed beer to the elephants. Everybody was just like super appreciative to be there and just, yeah, it was just a really nice time, and everybody was just super, uh, super happy to be there. So it was cool. Um, what else? Oh, do you believe in aliens? Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. See, our track record, track record on that one is really good. Yeah. Yeah, that's it good. Is good actually. Yeah. I have to think about that, but I, I certainly believe in the possibility of uh -huh. aliens. Yeah. Who knows that we're not aliens? Well, to someone else out there, we definitely are. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yep. So, the missing link well, yet? I believe there's so many things that we don't know and can't see, and and uh, and we're very limited. Mm -hmm. I just hope that you know when it's all over, the answers will unfold. Yeah. That's so interesting that I think about. You guys might like this. Is that? Maybe there are other things around us, but we lack the receptors to 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 know that they're there. You know I, I, mean? I believe that. I, I I definitely believe that, and I I can feel my late husband a lot. You know, mm. he's he's I can, and and I can my mom too. I can kind of hear them talking to me sometimes, or you know, mm. or I'll talk to him, and I'll go. Damn it! Where'd you put my keys? You know, and, and all of a sudden you're like, here, you know, and and uh, and so I I'm very sensitive to that stuff, and I mm -hmm. I really believe that maybe there's a whole lot of stuff that we can't pick up on. Yeah, yeah totally, yep, definitely. Yeah. How would you spend a hundred million dollars? Uh, I think I would just try to make everybody just distribute it as much as I could to make people's lives um, happier. Um, 
and not to where they would be filthy rich because I have, in my experience, um, people that are filthy, filthy rich, I'm not talking about comfortable. I'm talking about filthy rich or mm-hmm. some of the unhappy people I have ever met in my life. Yep. And so, yeah. and I've been around a lot of them. And um, I feel that if you can't hope for something or you don't want to work for something, then you lose the drive to move forward as a human being, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. and all you have to do is figure out what you want to shop for at Neiman Marcus or Best Buy. And you can go in and have everything you want, jet airplanes, you name it. Mm-hmm. My friends that live like that are not as happy as some of my other friends that don't have that. Interesting. And I've been up and I've been down and, you know, mm-hmm. I've, I've, I've been way down on the scale and I've been pretty successful on the scale. And I think I was, you know, just, just as happy, if not happier, you know, if you have a lot, then, then you're always afraid of losing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you don't have anything to lose, then you don't have anything to lose. So there's a, a you know, a little bit of less stress in your life if you don't have so much to lose. And then once some of my friends who did have a lot to lose and lost it seem to be happier just make just making ends meet mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. they, they don't have to worry about yeah. i think you're actually right about that they statistically um a study done earlier this year they said that the point of diminishing returns for happiness is eighty thousand dollars a year so if you clear eighty thousand dollars a year it doesn't matter if you like if you make 60 you could be happier at 80 but if you make 80 you don't really get much happier past that where we are right now with current inflation and what things cost i thought that was really interesting interesting. brilliant yeah i I think that is literally brilliant because i think eighty thousand dollars a year you know i mean i don't have a big house i but i have a lovely house Uh and it's a little house but i've had big big houses man, you couldn't give me one right now. Mm. You, even if you said, okay, you can have a maid on every floor. I don't want that. No. I don't want that responsibility. Yeah. You know, no. too, too much. Yeah. Did you? But I do see a lot of people struggling. And I see, a, and, and I know that there are wealthy people that will help people for the write-off. But lately, I haven't seen this many homeless people in Los Angeles. Mm, lately mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in the last few months since covid and it's growing by the day and there's streets that are just people living in their cars in woodland wow. hills which is a very upscale neighborhood we're not talking about hollywood mm-hmm. yeah. or, or, or the bit of la we're talking of our our even you know the crenshaw area we're talking about woodland hills i mean people are living in their cars and i've never seen anything like this here wow no, and that's so sad. And, yeah. and you know, I, I'm not going to open up the political can of worms, but I really, really hope you guys get some really good leadership down there soon. Yeah, I really do. Some, some help. That. Yeah. I'm not sure if you heard, some but um, yet. apparently uh, uh, Justin Bieber and Chance the Rapper uh, just did um, a thing where they were giving away a bunch of money to people in need where they were just saying, uh, send us your story. Tell us tell us why you need help. And uh, they're giving away, I think it was something like um, 
$500,000, but at like $500 at a time, they were just giving people money to help out through the, this pandemic. So it was, uh, that's kind of interesting. I think that's cool. Yeah. I, and, and that's what I would do. I would do something more personal hands-on. I mm-hmm. want to see for myself that it's helping people and women in particular. Yeah. I think women raising children alone is, uh, you know, so prevalent these days. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think they really need a lot of help. So, you know, I would be helping a lot of women. You know, it's so funny. We, I just had this conversation uh, with my wife last night. And it's it's still to the day you refer to when we when you're talking about you know a father figure or something in the relationship you're always referring to them as being help help you know helping out yeah but it's just as much our responsibility right we're not helping <laughs> we're being a parent yeah yeah right and yeah. we just kind of, it's funny because you know Tony and I are really active with both of our kids and our kids lives and mm-hmm. and um, you know I have two he, yeah I got two boys he's got two girls and and. Uh, I just can't, I, I don't know, for me, it's like, I can't picture like even just saying, hey, honey, I will help you because I just know that I, it would not go well. It's like, <laughs> it's I, yeah, true. I'm going to do that because yeah. I should be doing that. <laughs> yeah. so, that is but, so cool to hear because, you know, yeah. not every, not all the men think like that. And, and, um, I, and it's so lovely to hear men that, you know, want to be hands on with mm. their children because they are their children and they should be their responsibility. You know, I, I mean, it, it's a two way street. And uh, particularly in the 70s, I had a, a son and um, and my I had a whole bunch of girlfriends and the dads just, you know, I mean, good luck finding them. You know, they would just disappear, you know, and not take you know i I forgot i forgot all about trying to collect child sports i knew it was it was a waste of my time yeah so i had to do it by myself you know but um um you know it's it's sad yeah sad it is it is i think that the millennial men now feel more responsibility to it maybe than my generation i think that uh men have for the most part i've seen men become more sensitive to this um with the millennial on i think Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's one of those situations where you don't realize it but everybody loses um because being a father and being involved is extremely um i think good for your mental health for your just just watching something grow and helping shape something is good for anybody really and then so when the fathers disappear, it's like the kids lose, the father loses. He's not, he's not as good as he could ever be, you know, when you bail on that situation. So that's my mentality around it. But mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure there's, I couldn't agree with you more. And, and I, I like the fact that, um, uh, the role playing of men and women is becoming more merged than it was when I was your age, you know, when I was your age, this is the woman's role and the man, and I think they're emerging in a very lovely way. Certainly for more evolved people. Yes, there, there's some that are stuck in the Handmaid's Tale scenario, but um, you know we don't have anything to do with those people. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's I, funny we we and we we actually uh, at least for us and I think you do, Tony. You do too, Tony. Is that we actually kind of embrace the gender roles, so we have blue chores and pink chores. So, <laughs> I was just to know, say. She, the reason I had the big smile on my face as she was talking about it was is because we totally have what what's called the blue jobs and pink jobs. 
And uh, yeah. I, I find that there is an ever growing list of blue jobs <laughs> where where it's, oh, yeah. it's you yeah. know where it's really funny where sometimes i'm like looking at that that the list mentally and flipping it over me like where's the pink job on this one <laughs> you know but God damn uh, it when did ikea furniture get moved over to blue <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> yeah but, but you can do the pink jobs the, that's right. the thing is that you're able to do the pink jobs if you have to and and since I'm alone, I'm single now, I've had to learn how to do a lot of blue jobs. You yes. know, oh, there I'm, you go. I practically yeah. live at Ace Hardware. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so you're saying now that you're single, you've been, you've been given a lot of blue jobs? Life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's all the jobs I get. So I was hoping you kept it there. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, what? really, really funny uh, story quickly. Um, when I had met my wife, uh, you know, one of her her things uh, was that uh, she was a self-proclaimed MacGyver, uh, which was really neat because she she, of course, took on all a lot of her tasks herself. And uh, when, when I saw the job that she had done, of course, it was um, it was a plumbing job where there was a leak. So she took a Ziploc bag. And, and rubber banded around the, the leak, trying to hold it in. And um, yeah, it was like, you know, I, I gave her an A for effort on that one. And it was super funny. And if anything, I probably gave her more uh, more points for the fact that she said that she MacGyvered it, that uh, instead of just saying, oh, no, I, I did it myself. So uh, it's uh, it's always funny when uh, when we're doing tasks and jobs. And uh, sometimes Have she's... you ever had a blue job that became a pink job simply because you suck at it? Um, cause I've had that happen to me. So we have a bit of an ongoing issue <laughs> when it comes to laundry. Um, I, I have never been, had a problem doing laundry uh, that that's, uh, you know, when you've got kids, there's a lot of laundry, a lot, and, um, you're doing it constantly. Uh, however, as a guy, I, am maybe a little less knowledgeable or sensitive when it comes to certain women's clothing. And I have a, I have, I've had a bad track record of shrinking things and, um, and and to which it got to a point where I was forbidden to do laundry. And, you know, in your mind at first, you're really insulted. And then you're kind of like, oh, hey, yay, that's something I don't have to do. <laughs> and and now I'm I'm back to doing laundry again. Um, I, I must have <laughs> done something pretty good on everything else that I, I have worked back to it. But uh, but in 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 her defense, she's actually quite, quite busy. And I just try to uh, I try to pick up and help where I can. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yeah, you teamwork know, makes the dream work. The statistics in New York City, the last I read, were that over 50% of all uh, adults in New York City are single. Hmm. So um, that in oh. Manhattan. And so I find that really interesting. I I, I uh, am really good friends with a director, Brian Danley, who wrote and directed Saved. And he's like my brother. And uh, so we're exchanging recipes and, you know, he's cooking all the time. And, and, uh, and, and then, you know, he lives um, near Hollywood and I'm in, uh, in more than the Valley and so, um, or by the beach. And so it's like, we're like, uh, you know, he, you, as, as a single person, you have to learn to really overlap the, the jobs. Yes. You know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. It's true. So it's uh, it's, 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 it
problem. You just pick up the phone. Yeah. Yes. Yep. That's true. <laughs> yeah, I know when to throw in the towel too. So yes. Even though I'm stubborn. Yeah. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I I fight it. I I fight it, and I'm like, I can do this. Don't tell me I can't do this. <laughs> and then, uh, <laughs> and, and actually, it was just going back to that whole laundry thing. It got to a point where it's like, I'm not going to shrink anything again. Uh, I just didn't dry any of her stuff I, I just kind of like well we'll, we'll hang this up <laughs> you know like it, it'll air dry it'll be fine <laughs> also not the right answer <laughs> I wonder how long it takes you to start shrinking shit on purpose I, <laughs> I have had friends who have told me outright that that was what they have done uh, to get out of the laundry chore <laughs> Yeah, so sorry guys, blew your cover there. So uh, for for the wives who are listening and or watching, they now know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But also a good way to get them out of quiet, I guess, if you wanted to be a, a butt. Yes. <laughs> Honey, I can't. Get yeah. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. I gotta go diet. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's true. How do I make my clothes bigger? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. You you put a, a cut down the back and a few rubber bands and and uh, really long shirts. That's what I say. But <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, man. Did we ever digress? All right, here we go. We're getting back on track. <laughs> yep. Okay. What exotic animal would you domesticate? If you could, and Peter wouldn't get on your case. Oh, lion. lion? Yeah. yeah. I'm lion. I'm Leo, and I just love. I love lions, but I, I, you know, I've worked with the tiger on Electric Woman and Dinah Girl, mm -hmm. and they, they, you know, they're unpredictable. So um, uh, I had kind of a fun, funky thing on the set. Um, no, the lion train, the tiger trainer on the set of that show, I played Miss Dazzle, and um, he didn't ask if anybody was on their period. You know, there, it was a lot of girls in the show. And I was, and I had to see it with the tiger, and it got really close. <laughs> yep. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, and, um, so we had to take a couple of days off until that passed, you know. But I love, I love lions. Very cool. Very nice. Very cool. Good yep. answer. What's uh, what's your biggest pet peeve? What gets on your nerves? People being late. Yeah. Maddie. I'm very tolerant. Oh, I failed. <laughs> you I walked failed right too. into that one. <laughs> uh, shit. Yeah. All right. Well, next time you're on the show, I'll be like way earlier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, it's just kind of rude, you know? I mean, in LA, too, uh, particularly before COVID, the traffic can be so unpredictable and you can really get stuck. And so, you know, you have to be, I had a casting director once told me she'll give anybody 15 minutes to be late. And then after that, you're late. But she always didn't consider you late up to 15 minutes late. Traffic buffer? Yeah. I'm sorry? Was it like the traffic buffer? Yeah, it was the traffic buffer. We're going to give you 15 minutes for bad traffic. So it's, it was always a good idea. I mean, now all the auditions you can do from home because, you know, we're self-taping them on Zoom and different venues but um you know yeah i'm i couldn't be happier about that particular change with covid is that we're doing so many more things from home that required driving across los angeles which could i'd have to leave two hours early from where i live to get oh, to wow. an audition on time yeah yeah that's wild that's one way to start your day okay, what activity makes you totally lose track of time I think 
playing the piano or work. I have a band and working with and in band rehearsal, you know, just making it all work and jive. It comes back to music a lot for me. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I we're not playing now, of course, which you know is very sad. All, all, all the clubs have closed. And even when I um, when I'm not playing, uh, there was a wonderful venue near my house. And if I'm sitting here and feeling blue or bored, I would just get in the car and go eight minutes to the bar and have a drink and listen to some of the best players in the world mm. that would sit in there. Um, being in Los Angeles, there's so many wonderful musicians who live here. So I miss that with the, the pandemic, just uh, mm -hmm. going in here live music. Virtual concert, I just saying. To actually go to, I was supposed to go to Nashville this summer that just passed. I I feel like I, I um, sucks. COVID yeah. sucks. Yeah, but COVID I think it would have had a blast there and in the music scene. I'm very musical as well. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. Uh, what's the best thing that you've ever eaten? Ugh. Okay. So what first thing that comes to my mind is the fried okra at a restaurant in Los Angeles called Nobu. Okay. And it's just amazing. It's it's just amazing. And and regretfully, I would buy other, you know, I, not knowing how good it was, you know, I ordered a full menu of stuff. And if I'd known how good it was, I would have just ordered that. Like, <laughs> oh, it's an appetizer. Yeah. So I ordered like five okras. You know, <laughs> oh, yeah. Cool. All right. And the most important question here, mm -hmm. what is your favorite podcast that you've been on in the last 12 hours? This one. Yay! Oh, we'll take it. Excellent. I love when there's no hesitation. Awesome. Excellent. <laughs> well, uh, Suze, you had mentioned that, uh, of course, you're you're working on a, a book. Do you have a, a title for the book yet? I ha I'm not. I do have the title, but I, I can't get it's it still away. under wraps. Okay. You know, titles, titles are the one thing that you can't copyright. Can't copyright a title. That's right. And I really. I really love my title of my book. It's about a murder that took place in New York City. And um, so it, it covers Warhol and the Black Panthers and, uh, you know, the drug scene in New York and um, the theater. And um, so it's pretty edgy. And I have a wonderful title for it, I think. Okay. It's been in my head for years. And so that I... I, I don't want anybody ripping off my title. That's fair. That's, That's cool. fair. Yeah, That's no, cool. you'll you'll definitely have to circle back around uh, in December when the book <laughs> comes out, and uh, we will. Uh... Yeah, put my butt in that back room and start typing. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Matt's going to hold you to task. So. <laughs> um, I love that actually. <laughs> yeah. um, do you have any uh, social medias, um, projects you're working on, charities that you're passionate about that you'd like to plug before we go? Well, um, my only uh, thing right now is, is um, you know, a little bit political, so maybe we shouldn't get into that, but I'm uh, definitely into passing the ERA, and um, uh, so I, uh, um, there's a new, you know, I, I really like to support women, yep. uh, there, and, and there's a, um, the Geneva House here uh is for battered women and and so i some of my band shows um i'll make all the proceeds they have to bring christmas presents for the kids that live there oh, and the moms that live there that have been battered so it mm -hmm. um halle berry supports that 
organization as well. Wonderful. So, uh, yeah. So I, I, if it, I, I really am into women's rights, and I, I, I worked with Gloria Steinem when I was younger. So, oh, um, uh, so I'm very much into that. Wonderful. Excellent. I definitely uh, would be uh, someone after my my wife's heart, and uh, we're we're you know we're always uh, taking things and donating things to women's shelters here. Uh, we're really really big supporters of them, and uh, I remember the first time that I went up there, and and uh, you know my my wife had to stop me and said, no no, you, you can't go up to the door, you can't bring things, like you you know how much of a problem that is, and I'm like I never had thought of it, and I'm like oh. Oh yeah, I guess I can't. So uh, no, it's uh, it's good. So um, my uh, my wife and my girls like to go and take things all the time. So it's uh, it, it's it's really great because you know um, I think that a lot of women it takes a while for them to learn to stand up for their own rights and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they just get, and I and I think that COVID has really uh, been a problem with some people being stuck in the same house and. And uh, yeah, yeah, there's a lot of uh, abuse, you know, physical abuse uh, yeah. going on, and women have to learn that that you don't have to take it. You know, mm-hmm. you can get out, but yep, it's training process, and the kids suffer so badly. Yeah, so you know, I'm really into that kind of education, giving yes. women the confidence they need to know they can survive on their own. Hundred percent. Yeah, that's great. Well, it has been wonderful having you on the show, Suze. Uh, we would love to, of course, circle around and have you back again at some point. Uh, for all our American uh, listeners out there, please vote. Uh, is is all we can say. We don't get into political political have, too much, but there you go. Get out there. This is your chance. Uh, if you don't vote, you can't complain. Uh, and as much as we are Canadian and we welcome everybody, we will run out of space too. So uh, enjoy the place you're in. Vote. And uh, Suze, thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, we will be in touch. We would love to have you back again. I'd love to be back. And please follow me on Instagram and Twitter and uh, Facebook. Wonderful. Is it is it just your, your name, Suze Lanier Bramlett? Or, uh... Yeah, most of them are under Suze Lanier. Okay. But um, I'm also in cameos these days. And, Wonderful. Uh, so, you know, if anybody's interested, I'd love to do it, particularly at Halloween. You know, yes. if you want me to do some Hill Eyes cameos, or anything, I'm happy to do that. So Fantastic. Just go to Cameo and type in my name. Yep. For all our uh, listeners uh, that are, haven't made the, the live show and are listening to this later, we will make sure we put up a wonderful picture of Suze on our website under our guest section and, of course, all her social media links and the link to her Cameo page. Thanks. Thanks, guys. And, uh, happy Halloween, everybody. Have happy, a great Halloween. Happy Halloween. Thanks again, Suze. Have a wonderful evening. You too. Take care. Bye. Bye. So this is a good time for us to pitch our social media. You could get us on our website. Thefap.ca. On uh, Twitter. Is the Fap 4 You can get us on Instagram. Is the Fap Podcast. Don't forget our Facebook. The Freaking Awesome Podcast. And uh, you can always reach out via email. Thefappodcast at gmail.com. I'm on the air. We on the air. We got this podcast. Ah, uh, uh, not again. Wicked sweet. <laughs> <laughs>